The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome to The Legendarium. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the episode where we don't talk about concepts. We just like dive into the minutia of Oathbringer. <laughs> if you're if you're not prepared for that, turn back now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey everybody. Are you going to do that every at the beginning of every video episode? <laughs> I do feel like maybe we should restart or just heavily edit Todd's laugh for the beginning of this episode. But welcome to the Legendarium. I'm Craig Hanks, your host. Uh, and this is going to be a weird one because I'm used to I'm used to having a mic in my face. Mm -hmm. And today's a little bit different. If you're listening, it probably is going to sound different. I can't tell because I also don't have headphones in. But uh, we are we're like. 70% there in the new studio. Mm -hmm. And it's so really cool. things are coming together. And so if you're watching on YouTube, welcome. Very, very glad you're here. Uh, welcome to episode number 175. This is our Oathbringer bonus episode uh, ding, 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 because ding. that's what we have to do now. And I am Craig Hanks, your host. And over there, he's craftier than Teravangian. And do you want to finish it? And older? Twice as old. It's Todd Wenty, everybody. Hi, guys. <laughs> and there's often a red cloud following her around, but interestingly enough, it's only after she eats Mexican food. It's Megan Smythe. Poor airsick lowlander. <laughs> and he's the odium of Legendarium because I hate him. It's Ryan Bruckman. Oh, I thought you'd save that one for Ken. <laughs> <laughs> you'd think so. Aww. Speaking of Ken, uh, he is back this episode. I'm tempted to just jump in now with Ken's stuff, but I better not. Uh, we, we, Ken will be around in just a moment. What we've done in previous episodes is we've done, uh, he's, he's recapped the sections we're talking about. Today we're going to be, it, it's broadly about the entire book, but since he's already recapped the entire book, I asked Ken to recap our episodes on Oathbringer. <laughs> it should be fairly interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll see what he has in store for us, but that'll be in a moment. Just a reminder, head to uh, thelegendarium.reddit.com to join the conversation there. And also make sure you go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the program. Uh, these, uh, these excellent blazers don't come cheap, everybody. That's actually not true. It came pretty darn cheap. That was a 12 years ago. You have to start paying for your haircuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, yes, it's a savers special. This uh, this jacket. Anyway, um, so oh, you know what else I wore for you guys besides this excellent jacket? Um, My double sun Tatooine socks. Uh, wow. So okay, okay. You've been waiting for a video episode to wear those, haven't you? I they right. they were in mint condition, still in the box, in the bubble wrapper, but I took them out just for you, just because of how much I hate you. And this has been Craig's Fashion Corner, brought to you by <laughs> Savers. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, I, I will remind everybody we are done with the Narnia episodes. And so coming up next, coming up next, <laughs> what? So come back. Come back. <laughs> we miss you. Um, 
Yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. There's a little bit of that. Pretty, pretty much that. Um, so we're done with Narnia. We're heading into Kingkiller Chronicles very soon. I've been telling people the tentative, probable air date for the first Kingkiller Chronicle episode is April 9th. Um, and so stay tuned. I think after this episode, we'll have one that's maybe just kind of a catch-up episode. We've got a few movies to talk about. And give us a chance to read up on Kingkiller. Uh, so we'll do one of those between now and then. Um, that's my birthday, by the way. Hey. Uh, we're going to do the first King Killer on my birthday, which is like the worst birthday present ever. Oh. Just kidding. It's I, I have opinions, but they're not those opinions. I was just kidding. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, anyway, I don't want to give anything away too much. He was more focused when he had a microphone in his face. Yeah. You have yeah. no idea how distracting <laughs> this is right now. Oh, I, believe me, I have an we idea. We don't have conversations like this normally. He literally the puts a microphone is, in his face. Normally, I don't have to wear pants. So this is this is uncharted territory for me. Which is why we've been pushing for the studio good. to be finished for yeah, so yeah. long. Thank you so much. Um, I think that's all the housekeeping I needed to get to. Anything I'm forgetting? Um, no, no. Good, so. great, yeah. grand, wonderful. No yelling on the bus. Um, let's... Pull up Ken's intro. Yay. Here we go. Sherman set the Wayback Machine for episode 156, The Oathbringer, Craig and Ryan. Only spoiler-free review, complete with Craig's valiant attempt to craft a synopsis and the old grown-up Roger intro, Irish jigs all around even though they're Finnish. Our podcast originators tap dance around spoilers like Savion Glover and slap fight each other over the pronunciation of Eurythiru, but the most important takeaway from the episode is I was right. Just let that warm feeling wash over you. And Craig makes an absolutely fantastic point about Sanderson's writing, but I just can't bring myself to admit it. Discussion of Parts 1 and 2 finds us with a new theme song, a video podcast, our first look at the Sandersonian, and the return of Megan, which Craig immediately regrets because she hits back, people. The kids get deep in the weeds about teaching without preaching. Ryan teases emotional moments to come and puts money down on Kaladin's old girlfriend becoming a thing later. And the kids lobby for a role in book four. I call being a skybreaker. Let's make it happen, B. Sands. We know you're listening. Todd wants to see more of Moash, wish granted, and hopes to see him redeem himself. Uh, whoops. In parts three and four, Megan gives the Legendarium's patron saint of fiction a great new nickname. Ryan contracts unmade crabs, don't ask. And Craig makes a joke. At least it had possible joke-like substance. He was on drugs. The roundtable gets all level three about Dalinar's black thorniness, the ages-long nature of the conflict between the Voidbringers and the other Voidbringers, and all of the heavy, heavy things that Shallan deals with in the consensus greatest chapter in the history of literature, The Girl Who Stood Up. Ryan and Todd get a little emotional, but it's just a preview for all the feels that come out quickly and poignantly in perhaps the podcast best ever episode, part five. Emotions are close to the surface right from the start and throughout the entire episode. It's probably because of the heavy, very deep issues faced by our heroes. It may be because of how amazing the Sandersonian is starting to look. Either way, we catch Todd and Ryan in a perpetual cry cycle. Megan lets her inner girl show when she praises the climax, <laughs> yeah I did, of the love triangle, throwing her support squarely behind Team Shadolin. Speculation abounds for the future. Craig tries his best throughout the episode to manage the emotion, but in full honesty, all joking aside, Ryan and Todd's emotional reactions to how this section and how this series have touched them are incredibly powerful and beautiful. There is going to be a lot of impatient rereading for the next three years. But questions still abound. That's why we're here. How about Dalinar becoming the new honor? That's pretty cool, right? 
Since you blew it off last time, where's Stormfather and Nightwatcher's sibling and what part are they going to play going forward? From metal sheets on cavern walls to the dealings on Scadriel to Nightblood Sheath, is Aluminum the Cosmere's great equalizer? If you were a Radiant, what order would you be? Personally, I would probably be a Skybreaker with Windrunner Envy. And is it outside of the scope of possibility that a bond between a human and Sprint could become something more than merely a working relationship? Because I can't be the only one who could see Kaladin and still becoming a thing, right? Right? All right, Roundtable, take it away. And remember, people, we lift the podcast together. Aww. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and I mean this. Aww. <laughs> we are no longer friends, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just kidding kenneth you have outdone yourself <laughs> yes yes and wow so Yay. thank you ken i think for that um okay so <laughs> moving right along is there anything we need to react to from that besides megan's climax we should i don't Whew. it's the only time you guys will ever witness that hey stop stop <laughs> you, you may have... Right, I was going to say, we're not even 10 minutes in. <laughs> and we've lost them. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Our viewership's dropped off by now. Um, Any, anybody who had kids who was listening to us left us long ago anyway. So. Just like the Forever War. We could, yeah. We could actually address Ken's questions. He's given us ones at the end of every recap, and we always just go like, that's nice, Ken. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for trying to start a conversation. So what what you're saying is there's a tradition, and we need to hold to it. (laughs) Well, maybe that's what he's saying. Ken's questions are ethereal and just floating out there. (laughs) Ken asks questions for himself, not for anyone else. Exactly. Yes. And we don't care about answering. He's starting to take to Reddit to get them answered in. (laughs) That's true. He's turning to other people. This is not good. So, okay, Ryan, what questions would you like to answer from Ken? Uh, Well, he specifically his his bring his mention of um, Dalinar becoming honor, because that's I'm not sure that that phrasing is right. I he says he says I I am unity. He says I am unity, and so it's. The, the reason why a lot of people are saying that he's honor is because he opens honor's perpendicularity mm-hmm. and then he also um, Odium says no we killed you like and we know that Odium killed that Ray's Odium killed honor right like they did that so but he can't be the only one that they killed oh no 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 he they right. um, we're also aware that Odium is the one who we can very strongly educatedly, assume. strongly assume that he's the one who killed the two shards that were on cell, um, which cell is Elantris. Elantris, okay. Elantris, he's the cause of the separation in the door um, that caused okay. that giant fissure. Things which, spoiler alert, by the way, Elantris. The, yeah, if you haven't read Elantris, that made no sense to you, so it's fine. Don't yeah, worry about really. it. Go read it. Um, go read it. So I'm, I've been trying to kind of formulate whether or not I feel is did Dalinar become honored? Did he ascend and become a god the same way that we've seen in some of the other series? Which, again, spoiler. Um, huh. So, Kyle. Kyle, I'll go stop away. stop watching. You need to skip ahead a little ways. Yep. Um, with uh, Vin and, and Sezed. You know, Sezed became Harmony. He took two shards, became Harmony. Right. Um, I'm kind of curious with Dalinar saying, I am unity. Is honor made up of multiple parts, and he has taken one of those, or is it the other way? Around? Or is it the other way around that he is now 
the same way that Sezet has connected two pieces, that Dalinar has connected honor with something else? Or is this just like, you know, taking, the man, taking a mantle and just renaming it? Like, it's the same shard, but the thing is, he didn't take up a shard. I, that's, my, that's my one challenge here is that he, I don't think he has I a shard. I don't think so either. I think he's on that path. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which, knowing Sanderson's uh, previous works, means that he will never take up a shard because he's on a path. Mm -hmm. um, we can look forward to Lyft being the new god. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly correct. I would read that book. I would. <laughs> can you imagine Sezet or Harmony and Lyft having a conversation and then Kelsier walks into the room? No, like... no. I, there, there would be no conversation. Yeah. Sezet would start the conversation, Lyft would say, boring, and she would <laughs> be gone. But That's how that would go. As a whole, like this, the reason this is such a big deal is it's got a lot of Cosmere implications because yeah. we're dealing with a shard here, and whether or not Odium's goal has been to splinter every shard he's come across so that it's just been broken into so many pieces that it's not really usable. usable. And he's only really afraid of one other person, and that's Harmony, because he carries two shards. No one, no one, I'm putting that in quotes because we're not sure. No one else has two shards. But, so he's afraid of that. And I think that the idea of honor coming back in that shard not being shattered the way he thought, or that you can reunite a shard that has been shattered, mm. is a major potential Cosmere plot point. Right. You mean the way Seiza did it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, well, and that just kind of, that makes the end game putting Adonalsium back together, whatever that means. We still don't need. We still don't know exactly what Adonalsium is or was or represents yeah. or whatever. And that's the thing is, I'm also Todd's wondering. Confused. Adonalsium. No, 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 no. I just had a thought. What if, what if all of this is on the track to put Dalinar to become the Almighty? The it. That's a potential. Isn't the reincarnation? Isn't the all the Almighty is honor? On Roshar. On Roshar. On Roshar. Yeah, but that's who they're talking about. Potentially. Are you talking I'm, about? I'm Are you talking, talking about adenosium? I'm talking about yeah. I'm thinking about adenosium. We don't know enough about that to yet say like if that's even a possible thing. Like if adenosium, I, I say yeah. we don't. This room, yeah, we there don't might know, be a few you know scholars. We don't know out there if that's like, a person or a concept or yeah. a power or what. We don't know what adenosium you know, is. If it was a person, it was just all we know is that it was shattered into sixteen pieces, and those were taken up by the people who caused the shattering or caused the caused the break. Um, which leads me to the question, is the end game actually to reunite Adonalsium? Is that what Hoyd and the other groups are up to? Because if there are pieces that are shattered and are beyond repair, you may not be able to reassemble Adonalsium. So what do you then create? Or can you, are you trying to bring this being back together? Are you trying to bring this force back together? What do you do with that? And we might be getting a taste of it with Dalinar here of becoming something else from what it was. Hmm. Like, I am unity, I connect these three worlds. Which gives me and I, which gives me access to honor's perpendicularity, but he's different than honor because that piece is shattered. Interesting. Yeah. Wake up, we're we're done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, now on the last episode, uh, things got a little weepy, and we didn't get to all the things that that we wanted to get to. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a big part of what we're going to try to do today. Now. Ryan, you brought up a bunch of stuff like right at the end of the last episode, like, oh my gosh, we didn't talk about this and that and the other. So I want to get to those things. And Megan has like, what, 18 pages, front and back. Only three, of, of front notes. and back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, 
I see what you did there. Yeah, for if, if you want to get to know me a little bit better, here's your tangent. I participated in a Friends trivia night this week, a Friends bar trivia night. The Second TV place. show Friends? Yep. Second place out of 34. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Teams of six. And me and my By wife saying participated, team. did you go there and just become part of it, or were you invited there? You know, I just... was. I was invited. <laughs> I accepted an invitation, uh, uh, gladly. I guess the bigger question is: Did you contribute, or did you just oh, sit back and? There, I. Few are the people on this planet who know that TV show better than I. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's a little bit sad. It, like the way that the way that I used to read the Lord of the Rings, just I, I was constantly whatever else I was reading, I'd read like you know a chapter of Lord of the Rings a night. That's kind of how I used to do it. Uh, friends is the same way for our marriage. Me and my wife just constantly have friends on in the background, have for ten years. It's just the way it is. So okay, anyway. okay. that is really unexpected Isn't that information. Weird? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the more you know, huh. shooting star. Brand new information. Uh, <laughs> what in the bloody hell were we talking about? <laughs> you were you were trying. We were to trying say, to decide to what to talk what about. Oh, we that's what happens when we the had, post goes right. on a tangent. We that's right. Decided. The post goes on a tangent. We can't get back on track. I remember. I remember. I remember. We, so we have a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> we better make sure we don't run out of time. Oh, oh. Let me see. Let me see what I can do uh, about that. Uh, okay, Megan, take it pivot. Away. <laughs> Megan, Megan, pivot us away from this. All right. Okay, I, I don't know that I necessarily have a lot to say about this, but I do want to talk about it as with the group. Where are the unmade now that we know of? Because um, Shalon fought off, scared away the one that was in Urthiru. The thrill is now locked inside of the crystal, not the crystal, the ruby. Yes. Um, we have the one, I don't remember anybody's name now, but we have the, <laughs> the one, the like the gluttony one that's still hanging out in Kolinar, I assume. We have the, the one that corrupts everything that's trying to get a hold of Shallan. Um, there was the one that was in Amaram. That previously took over the queen in Colonar. How what that was? Yeah, so okay. the queen was kind of infested, so to speak, I guess. Okay. Uh, she was like the host for one of these unmade. And the idea was, we learned in part five, that she was not strong enough to control this kind of merging of her and the unmade, whoever it was. I Yelignar. What? Yelignar. Yelignar, okay. Um, she was not... She was not enough. So when uh, Odium hands a stone to Amaram, Amaram, that guy, uh, and he says, "Swallow this. Just be aware, the last person who tried this was the queen in Kolinar, and you know she failed, and it took her that. over. Um, and so, but then it kind of becomes a moo point, Megan, um, when uh, Kaladin kills him anyway." Yeah. And so he doesn't have time to try to... to Rock kills him. Oh, that's... Sorry. You're, you're right. Um, anyway, point being, that's where that one was, but I don't know where he or she is now. Yelignar, male? Yelignar is... They, they use he. Okay. With uh, most of the unmade, I've been, we don't know a lot about their origins entirely. We don't know... We don't are they know people who are corrupted or are they forces gender, again? Gendered. If gender is an accurate term for that, other than they use 
key for Yelignar. Saja Anat, who is the um, one in the mirror that corrupts other Spren, that's a, um, they use she. She's got a fantastic illustration. Mm -hmm. If anybody, if you're, if you don't have the hardcover of Oathbringer, get it because her illustration is fantastic. Mm -hmm. They're all, I think they're all really good. There's a couple other ones. Um, Reshef here. Um, I'm kind of looking, just kind of glancing over it. Who is the one that Shalon chased off? The Midnight Mother is what they call that one. So you kind of assume female there. But the other ones, like the one that causes the revel, um, I don't remember that having a, a name. The Heart not isn't really. So we've met like six of these things, and there's nine of them. There's nine. Yeah, there's nine of them. Um, we have seen the effects of just about every one of them. Um, we may not have met them specifically. We've met the Midnight Mother, Saja Anat, um, Mergaul, Moloch. I don't think we've seen. I don't know if we've seen him, but I think I, I mistakenly said in the past that that was the thrill. Moloch is the one that causes the death rattles, which oh, are the, okay. the oh, spoken things at the, yeah. the last few seconds yeah. right. that see the future. Um, and it's Nergaul who is um, the thrill that has been captured. So... There's a few other ones, but we haven't seen them really. So, okay. I think the Unmade are a really cool thing to speculate about right now because there's so much open, and we have. But the things, if you look back, there's breadcrumbs that you can start connecting to this. Like, Moloch is mentioned in Way of Kings. Um, I think it's Teravangian says in one of the um, interludes or something like that they're talking about Moloch's on the move again. And so oh, yeah. that's why they're having to move to go to the different places to catch the death rattles. They have to follow that unmade. So there's there's breadcrumbs. If you want to see the unmade in action mm -hmm. in other yeah. places, you can see that they've been there. Well, and it's something I hope they, well, I'm, I'm assuming, but I learned really early on that I cannot assume anything with Brandon Sanderson because he's just going to do his own thing and it's going to be amazing, which is why I don't write fiction and he does. Um, but he, I, I'm really hoping. Those who can't do podcasts. Right. Those who can't do, read, I hope. Um, I, I'm i really hoping, though, that the next couple of books will have more of an exploration looking for those now that we know that they can be contained or they can be chased off. Because um, the Midnight Mother is not gone. It's just not it's scared because it present. came across yeah. a light weaver, which they haven't had to deal with mm -hmm. for a while. Right, I'm, but there's there's that, and I I would hope that they would start going to look for the heralds because we already know like they have mentioned there some of them are here and someone's there and this one's that herald, mm -hmm. so we know where some of them are. But it's time to gather them all up together so that we can all except for the one that's dead. Except for that one, I could see the I could see this. I'm I'm a little nervous about chasing the premise of capturing all the unmade because I feel very horcruxy about it. Yeah, um, sure. Which I'm not against that concept. It's a, it was great in Harry Potter, but I'm, if, our, if our little knights of the round radiant table have to take off and go capture all of them, there's a couple things that are gonna be unique and interesting about that. Um, the first is that Dalinar was able to capture Nergul, Nergul yeah, um, because he had the king's drop. There's something they the reason there's that chapter with um, the paralyzed the interlude the interlude with the the so to get to know is in my opinion yeah that is so that we can see what is unique about that gem mm -hmm. 
and why it's going to work. It's not just size, it is a perfect gem, which that might be a requirement to capture an unmade is that you have a, a prison without flaw, basically, mm. that works. Because okay. all the other spren, like they've been able to capture them in gemstones of different types, but they're not always successful in keeping them there. So this one might be something there. So that means, hey, now you've got a journey of go out and find yeah. eight more perfect gems, which that just sounds boring. It's a great video game yeah. chase, but it's not really what I want wow. to read about. Wow, yeah. that's a good you point. Know, Cal, I would I would hope it would end up being like bridge four. Go find the go find the stones and <laughs> got them. Come back right. now, chase them out. Um, okay, so we're. Do we have anything else we want to say about the unmade right now? Oh, you know, I might, but do you guys? The number. I'm interested in the number. Uh, this gets brought up a little bit in part five where uh, there are ten orders of Knights Radiant, mm -hmm. but there are nine unmade. There's a champion with nine shadows uh, versus ten. Uh, now, we could get biblical on this. Um, not necessarily biblical per se, but just... In, in ancient times, uh, number symbolism was a big thing, and 10 was symbolic of completeness um, and like uh, wholeness. And so there could be something there where it's just, it's just a matter of you know the nine unmade being kind of a bastardization of the concept of the 10 knights radiant, or there could be something more there mm. where there's, uh, there, are, there was a 10th, and and that tenth became odium. You know, maybe it was one of the orders of the knights, not so radiant, that that shattered Adonalsium and that became odium. That kind of makes it sound at something like that. again. Well, where it gets, sure, but they, it also, they have him and then his nine. Right. Well, but they also we also get to the at the at the end of the at the end of the prelude for Way of Kings. We had ten heralds, nine. Mm -hmm. That, that walked away. That walked away, and one that was imprisoned. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. I have, I have a. I will say this is a stretch, but there's enough logic in there that I would walk across that bridge with hesitance. Okay. It, <laughs> because everything that's logical, Brandon finds a way to break. What? Is that what you're saying? A little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's my flawed logic. So. <laughs> you have the ten knights radiant, the ten, the ten orders, right? The nine of them. The difference here being the 10th order in the Knights Radiant, the kind of lead order, the one that leads them all is the bondsmith bond that holds everything together. The nine don't have that piece to hold them together. There's no unifying faction. There's no unifying mm -hmm. piece there. Um, is Odium the bondsmith to the unmade? I would say it's sort of in the sense that that would have made in, honor. In the way that the devil is the opposite of God, right? Yeah. Where, yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean you've you got to have, if, 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 if there is an opposite, an equal and opposite in, in within this construct that Brandon Sanderson is creating, that may, that would make sense. Well, but Odium did want to make Dalinar the champion, which he is a bondsmith. So again, you'd be using a bondsmith to unify all of them if the, all of the nine shadows are coming from that one. I would wonder if, I, I'm curious if he had agreed to the deal um, or had succumbed to become the champion, if his bond with the Stormfather would have stayed. I think it would have broken. Because, because I think that would have been a betrayal of the oath. Breaking the oath that he made there. And so yeah. I, I envision that what could have happened is that he would have become Odium's champion and um, not Yelignar? I thought you were going to sneeze. 
No. This is how I think. <laughs> wow, that's good information. I'm not sure where we're ever going to use that. I have that, to stop but... any thoughts from getting out. Hold on. <laughs> uh, I do the same thing. For those of you listening at home, Ryan is currently holding his nose with his finger. It's true. There are people who are still audio only. God bless you. Um, <laughs> It's good that you might check this our is, laughs. This is going to take some getting used to, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Video cameras were not invented for the legendary, and I'll tell you that. Um, no, I think Dalinar, I think the oath would have broken with Dalinar, and he would have been the one. He would have been given the stone instead of Amaram to try and control one of the unmade inside of him because he mm -hmm. could have, um, and then he would have um, the the thrill and this other unmade, and just he'd, he'd be an incredible powerhouse of these unmade powers surrounding him. Mm -hmm. Um, do we think that Amaram was successful in being able to hold the unmade inside him? Or was it, I mean, he was killed ultimately, but that was an outside force. I don't think he had enough time. Um, okay. the, the, I will say that in the short time he had him, yes. Okay. Because Amaram is the one who's talking to Kaladin the whole time. Okay. When we deal with the queen um, in the earlier section, yes. It seems like, yeah, the queen is there, but you can definitely tell it's a different entity in there. Mm -hmm. By this point, Amram, we don't see that in Amram yet. We, he's, he's still talking to Kaladin. Sure. Um, but, I think, but I think you're right. I think time would have told the tale as to whether or not that could have been done. I honestly don't think that that's an unmade that, that you can control. It's more like really? how long can you do it before he, he takes over and you have to become a... Well, I'm watching, a all, of the, watching all of the description of, his, of the physical changes that were going on. I mean, how long do you? How long does a human being remain in control when those kinds of changes are going on? Yeah. I, I think that would have. I, I think that again would be. An, I think that'll probably be something that comes back, because if killing Amram it kills the vessel, but it doesn't kill the unmade. The unmade's still kicking around. I wonder if we're going to see this again. It, it entirely possible. It, it's been tried twice. Do we do a third time? I, mean, I want to know if he's who gets it this time. If he's locked to the stone. The same way, like, if he's locked into that stone that you have to swallow. And so if that's still inside of Amaram, then Odium has to go and, like, cut him open and take it out, like, and to give it to someone else. Yes, but Odium has that kind of power, uh, so it wouldn't be a big deal. It's not a bad, it's not a hard thing. I've seen Jack Bauer do it. Um, <laughs> nice. My first Excellent callback. My first, my first experience with um, 24 was watching Jack Bauer disembowel a character for an SD card. Excellent. <gasps> Uh, what a fantastic what? show! What? It was great just, because the people I was watching with were like, "You look." They kept telling me, "You look just like the like when you turn forty, you're gonna look just like this Russian sniper character in here." <laughs> and I'm like, "Great, this is cool." So I'm coming to watch him. Like, sure, I can kind of see it. And then Jack Bauer, he swallows the SD card, and Jack Bauer goes, "You son of a!" And he, then he takes his, his knife out and cuts him open. I'm like, <laughs> "So I just died." Basically, <laughs> what we're the, this I, I'm gonna need to <laughs> subtitle this episode. Uh, it'll be like a so, friend's. It'll be like a friend's title. The one with all the uh, turn of the century TV references. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, so anyway, um, I the other thing I already know what uh, what what I'm putting at the front of the episode. You know, I always pull a clip out, and it's usually kind of a funny one. But this one is going to be this right here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the episode where we don't talk about concepts. We just 
like dive into the minutia of Oathbringer. <laughs> if you're if you're not prepared for that, turn back now. <laughs> Good, good call. Good call. We need to. Yeah. It's true. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just saying this no, no, no. is. This that's is what this is. From, that's what the episode. This like. is not the last episode. The one that Ken called the greatest episode the Legendarium's ever made. This is not that one <laughs> so far. Uh, this, wait, this feels a little bit more like I missed the, uh, the 101 episode that you did. After oh, the Cosmere we did. 101. Yeah, this feels like Cosmere like 202 or something. That's the one thing. The, the one maybe thing just maybe just 102. Sure. The one thing that I'm that I'm noticing as I as I go back and reread pieces, and try and reference back to some of our earlier stuff about the Cosmere, and then and I have started checking out the Copper Mine and the Seventeenth Shard and started mm -hmm. looking into this. I'm starting to catch a lot more of the hints of bigger Cosmere pieces, and that is both really fun because I feel like I'm inside a, a, a special club where you know I get these references, mm -hmm. but it's also very maddening because they are all, all they are right now is breadcrumbs and there's no, and, and if, it takes a, if it takes another year for another book to be released in this series and in uh, the Wax and Wayne series, yeah, don't even start me, I'm just talking about ifs, <laughs> ifs. We don't want to see me and my head explode. Um, if it takes another year for each one of those to come out, then we're getting these breadcrumbs. I'm going to be 70 by the time I finally get the answer to it. And it's going to be like that scene in uh, A Christmas Story when he gets the You're gonna be decoder 70. ring. Todd, I told you, it's going to be three more years. And he, he gets the decoder ring and he goes through and he says, it's a crummy commercial. I'm, that's what I'm afraid of, <laughs> is that we're going to get to the end and it's going to be Brandon Sanderson saying, saying, drink your Ovaltine. Yeah, shaving a haircut, two bits or something like that. And I'll be like, thanks, Brandon. Really appreciate that. I've spent my entire adult life for this. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, uh, I feel the same way. It's, uh, like I say, it feels, it, it's, it's fun to see these other pieces starting to be woven in and being able to say, oh, I get that. Like the... Um, watching Hoyd at the at the end of the at the end of the book, watching Hoyd create the little doll mm -hmm. that dances for the little girl, so that the girl will come out from where her parents were dead and mm -hmm. get a chance. I mean, what a you know what a what a uh, emotionally um, draining kind of a moment that's there, but but fun because I look at that and I go, I totally get that. And when he says, oh yeah, I'll have to store up some healing and you know, based on the healing I've already got, this will only take me a couple of days to fix from him. And I'm like, and I know where that one comes from. Every time you snap your fingers right next to that lapel mark, oh, now, I'm, I'm like, so sorry. Now, I am so sorry. You're not making it better by yeah. yelling into it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to these are, these are gonna take some getting used to. I think I saw yeah. Ryan slap his earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tattooed him. But yeah, it's, it's 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 a wonderful piece of the process, but it is a piece that now says, "Oh, there's all of these other things that I need to stay on top of in all of these other places." It's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Well, in a very good way. In a very good way, Mr. Sanderson. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, please don't murder him. Please don't please, kill him. Please, please don't turn me into a character that gets killed by Moash. I'd take it. That would be the ultimate insult. Whatever, I'd you... take it. Uh, Okay, other things, I, I want to stay with you two, uh, unless Todd, you have other things you want to talk about, I just don't see you with any notes. Um, just because I don't have any notes written down doesn't mean that I don't have something to talk about. All right, Todd, the, what do you want to talk about? One of the, one of the um, things that I, was in, that I found um, enjoyable, every time I read the interludes, I feel like 
I'm getting uh, a, a quick glimpse into Brandon Sanderson as a writing student. When he was given an assignment, you have to do this kind of, and you know we've seen this once before with the story that had to all be dialogue, uh, which by the way was one of my, I think one of the, if you haven't read that, you need to read that. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's on his, it's on his thing. Anyway, sorry, tangent, coming Web, back. Website. This was, this is giving Craig a taste <laughs> of his own medicine. website? Um, yes, okay. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, just, you know what, Todd? Anyway. Give it up. So um, the, the, the interlude where, the, uh, where they're um, trying to make landfall in that boat. Um, I'm trying to remember all of the details. Mm. Are you, you look like you're about to go read it again. So no, that you I'm not going to read it again. It. I'm going to pull up the, I'm going to pull up the chapter. There's another interlude, like find your interlude while yep, you, right it. now. I'm, I'm giving you some time. Thank you. There's another interlude that I feel kind of similar because I can't connect it to anything going on in the story. There's a large portion of, usually the interludes in some way, eventually you can connect it to the story. Like there's mm. some revelation or there's some reason why you care. There's one that I don't at all, and it has, it's the hog. You're going to have to remind that. me. It's the, uh, her, a group of Herdazian soldiers has oh, an Alethi yeah. officer. An Alethi officer? Light eyes. Important okay. person, full of himself. That's what all we need to know there. And they, and they, they say, do you want, do you want the we will hog? Kill you. Or, yeah. We'll kill you. We can kill you this way, this way. Or if you can survive two minutes with the hog, then you go free or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, and the captain got away from the hog in 30 seconds or whatever it was. Yeah, it's, it's something like that. And then he says, well, of course I'm going to take the hog. Because everything else is like instant death. It's like, well, we'll behead you. We'll poison you, whatever it is. Um, so he takes the hog. And then the interlude ends with seeing a giant claw come out of the water. And he says, well, I guess the hog was more of a nickname. And I was and like, then it's done. Yeah, and we're done. And I was sitting here going, what there's not a character in here for us to connect to there's the nothing creature about doesn't the spren, nothing the, of, yeah i don't understand the connection here and i there has always been a some connection or some concept we need to understand and i don't know what it is off this one yet um it's one of the most frustrating interludes because it does it feels like a writing exercise dropped in the interlude so that there are three in this section right because like, oh, i gotta put something in there the third in this and one, it could just be that People love Lopen, right? And mm -hmm. so people want to know more about Herdazians. Herdazians? Yeah. And so I'll, I'll put something with them in there. And it could be that the, whatever the creature is has no significance. This game has no significance. The officer has no significance. It's all just flavor with the Herdazians. Could be. It's That, that seems unlikely, knowing yes. what we know about Sanderson, but it could be. Yeah, it's, it, it's one of those frustrating ones that I... I hope that at some point in time we'll look back and go, oh, got it. You know, and there's probably a few people here right now who've figured something out or who've caught something I didn't and they're snickering like, oh yeah, I know exactly what it is. Um, well, that's what, for you. that's what Reddit's for. Go Reddit it. And I can't find, I can't find the, the, the one. I just remember saying to my, it was the, it was the one about um, the, uh, about the woman that was trying to make landfall so that she could uh, so that she could finally get a hold. I, oh. the, you know what, Todd? The kick not, was. Does it matter that much? No. The kick was that soul casting was turning her into smoke. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, she. Okay. Yes. And that the longer and and that she kept trying to hold back from soul casting because she wanted to be able because she was going to make it to. I think she was trying to make it to. 
to the night watcher so that she could have her she could ask her question or something like that mm -hmm. and as she gets to the very end she tries she tries to be able to get there and finds out that the person that she's been trusting to lead her there has actually led her there to die and she turns into smoke at the last minute and disappears and i'm looking at that and i'm going what in the world but it was at the same time really well written it was fun. Oh, it was very cool but I, I, but again these these the pieces on the interludes i keep saying to myself okay i get this one i get this one what the frick is going on with this one i'm sorry what was that frick um, it's that's I his, four. That's it's Kaza. Is it Kaza? Kaza was slowly becoming smoke. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I that one was one that I, I, again when we're talking about the about the pieces of the book that I say to myself, how does this fit? Where is this going? What kind of information is this giving us? Again, I feel like it's a breadcrumb that it made me the the first thing that I thought of was okay, she's soul casting. It's costing her something. Yasna soul casts. Why is Yasna not having this problem? Is it because she's irradiant, or is it because there's something else going on and Yasna is losing parts of her soul as well? I don't know. Well, it's because Yasna is not using a soul caster. Yes, that's the difference. There is in, and I I feel like a, the soul casters are similar to a shard blade. It is mm. it is a forced connection through a dead medium. Or something like that, which is taking its toll to reconnect from the person. The same way that the ten heartbeats, the okay. things like that. The, the soul caster, the because you're changing things and seeing a little bit of the viewpoint from a soul caster, someone using a soul caster, um, they're being tempted to become something else too. Like so, they're giving of themselves each time, and it's only a matter of time till they go on, till they puff away or become whatever that is they are, and their soul caster gets handed off to someone else. Mm -hmm. So I think that. Yasna gets away with it because she has a living connection with Ivory, which allows okay. her to, to soul cast like a crazy person and do it incredibly well. And so good. I mean, it was pretty awesome back in Way of King, Way of Kings, when when she puffed that rock away and all that stuff. Not even the rock when she to, to proves the when she goes oh, to tell, right. teach the lesson to um, Shalon about you know did, is what I is what I did right. You know, we go we can go back to that whole discussion. But that was a, that was a freaked out moment yeah but we watch we watch her at the end of this one just go absolutely bonkers with soul casting like turning people to crystal and <laughs> and the connection the suggestion is so strong or something is so strong when she hits the one person that when it hits the next person he changes too mm -hmm. yeah. like that's that is so some the ripple effect was on was pretty cool in terms of soul casting, that is a really strong suggestion, a really strong promise to be able to alter living someone living like that in that way. Yeah. Um, and now it makes me interested also to know because the surges are different between groups that share a surge don't share the same abilities exactly. So that means Shalon and Yasna, although they can both soul cast, can are doing it doesn't it manifest exactly the, the same. same way. So yeah. we haven't seen Shalon do it much. I. I want to know what her version of it looks like now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Megan, go again. What else did we not get to last time that you wanted to talk about? Um, we didn't get to say much about the Heralds. We. Okay, so you're you're going from the Unmade to the Heralds. I am That's going. I'm glad the, the t I feel like the two are kind of connected, but not really. I I don't know. They kind of are. What What but, do you um, want to know about the Heralds? Let Ooh. me let me pretend to instruct you. Should I read my actual notes? Let me what let me just let me just mansplain you something about the Heralds. Megan. Did he, just, did he just say mansplain? Well, 
Before you go any further, Once just let me know. Once upon a time, this is not the first time I noticed Craig mansplaining. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, well, <laughs> I love let him. Let my middle finger mansplain something to you. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one who punches back, Megan. I'm going to reward you by dead air on your podcast. Oh. Uh, it's okay. That was his dating life, too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, that one didn't feel like it landed to me. They, they just flip-flop their allegiance. Whoever seems to be winning is fine. Um. <laughs> We're in the peanut gallery. We're, we're Stadler and Waldorf over here. <laughs> um, we didn't hear a lot about the ghost bloods in this one. We Okay. Wow. I'm glad you brought this up. I really am. All because right. I am super confused about the groups running around mm-hmm. there that are not Knights Radiant. They seem to be these kind of extraneous... Uh, Come on, there's only like 16 different groups you got to keep track uh, of. So... Help me out. Ghostbloods, I, I, I feel like, okay, there's a name I'm familiar with because Shalon is doing some stuff with the Ghostbloods. But as far as what their goals are and what their leadership know, structure is, like... It, we know the Marais is part of them, and the Marais is a world hopper. And he's, a, and he's one of the leaders of... He's the, he is a leader of that group wherever, in whatever this section is of it, uh-huh. yeah. Well, and he's definitely paying attention to what's going on with the heralds, because the one herald, like, runs in and cuts out the painting of the other herald, and he's like, oh, so all it took was to get a painting of this herald you're looking for. I'm, I'm even more confused now than I was before. I, I remember um, okay. that. I'm I sorry, finish up. your thoughts. There are ghost bloods. What else? What other groups are we dealing with here? I... I'm trying to remember the name of this group. This is maybe sure. one of those ones where if I wanted to know, I really should have just like researched it or tasked one of you with researching it because... Or pulled up Reddit. So yeah. the group, in general, the groupings that we have dealt with, at least enough of a capacity that you should merit a memory of their name or uh-huh. be roughly familiar. You have the Knights Radiant, um, the, Heralds. the Heralds. You have uh, the all of the, the bad guys, Odium's team, the Unmade, right. things like that. You have the Ghost Bloods, which are this secondary, tertiary, whatever you want to say, group out there, which we don't know a lot about, but they're essentially the Illuminati, is the way we're looking at it. Like, Sweet. They seem to be oh, affecting okay. things like that way. It's awesome. Sure. A way to put that. But they know everything, they're, they see everything, they're following along. Um, the diagram. I want to call that, I think the ones who follow the diagram are called the Sons of. Uh, I want to say Sons of Liberty, but I, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's a different thing. Yeah. Um, didn't realize but, they no, had that kind of a they, But there is a name for one of the groups that is like that, because that yeah. reg- it registered to me as like, that seems a little American revolutionary type uh, setup. Somebody will, somebody will tell us on Reddit. So if you're curious and you can't remember either, uh, it's the group go be- to Reddit. Because that's the group that Amaram was a part of. Uh, oh, yeah. right, right, right. Amram was a part of that group to when he freed the Herald at the end of Words of Radiance. Can we just call them the Taravangians? Mm. Sure. Because that's what he's, yeah. he's like the leader of that group. As, right? the, as the one who created the diagram that all of them follow, yes. Right. Um, the diagram seems, has kind of been the overarching descriptor of that group, but they have a name. Um, so I, and I will find it in, or remember it in a little bit. But okay. that's, those are our groups that seem to be outside of like nationalities, the ones that are moving pieces in the larger puzzle, okay. doing things there. Um, the Ghost Bloods, I, I am. I am very much interested to see if the Ghostbloods 
or their symbol appear on other worlds. Yeah. With Murray's being a world hopper, I feel like, because actually on another level, you have whatever group, Hoyt is a group unto himself. Sure. But you have a group that are chasing him. A group, and... It seems like the Ghostbloods were... I don't I th- think... I think it is. I don't know if they're the Ghostbloods or not, but if you remember, there's the this, the interlude oh, on the clear... On the pure oh, and and, and now... The guys came in and they said, yeah, we're chasing him because we yeah. saw that he was here. Yes, and we know that those are from... That's the, the guy from Elantris and... Um, let me let me just can I just say seriously I'm sorry I asked <laughs> I like here, the thing is like I asked the question I'm like what are all these groups and you've been talking what are they sons of honor sons of honor so you've been talking for a little while and and like my eyes have glazed over my brain has shut off and so like anything you've said I will forget five minutes from now well, you should listen to the podcast. Then, I, should. <laughs> I should. I. Oh my gosh, it's just so much info. Yeah. So, is it is it fair to say, um, or is it is it fair for for us to say that Brandon Sanderson in the in the process of writing this is writing that since he's writing this for him, these are things that he's been thinking about for decades, and the rest of us are just running to try and keep up. Could be. Because that's what, at least for me, as, as I, I, I refuse to believe that the interludes are just these writing exercises, like we were talking about. Oh. I, they, they feel like somehow they're giving clues to things that are going to be terribly important to the Cosmere. And yet, we still don't have all those pieces. He's just giving hints that are going to, that by the time we're done, it's like... Um, uh, Billy Joel one time wrote a uh, was talking about a I'm sorry sorry gotta go there. Uh, Billy Joel was talking at one time about the uh, about writing a writing a a song that were two pieces of a song and he kind of meshed them together and everybody said oh yeah that was that works perfectly and he said no they were two totally different songs and I just kind of had to slam them together because it, I, I needed something for this particular album at this point in time so that's what I did and it just kind of worked out at the end it looked to everybody else like it was intentional. That's not what these feel like. They don't feel like exercises that are slammed in just to fill space. They don't look like exercises that he started with that then spun off into something else. They feel like exercises that explore this much, much larger piece. It feels like we're looking at his diagram. So like it's, it's a reminder to him that I need to get back to this later. In, well, let me, let me connect that a little bit. We're looking at Tara Vangian's portion of the diagram. Oh, yeah. Brandon Sanderson's is Odium's version. Because we're only seeing yeah. what's happening on Roshar in these interludes. We're only seeing this piece here. If you want to see those other pieces of that diagram piece, that's where Secret History, that's where Sixth of Dusk, that's where um, the novellas and the yes. Arcanum Unbounded, that book right there is your chance to see that. And I feel like frequently he uses the interludes as a way to essentially kind of see that the gears are affecting other parts of the world. Like, it's one of those things like, Everything happens to New York City, Los Angeles, Hong Kong. Like it always feels like that's where everything happens, right? And so in our story, because our, we're following these main characters, everything's always happening on the Shattered Plains and like Kolinar, things like here, like yeah. that. This is a way for him to say, this is a worldwide thing that's going on, and you need to be aware of the rest of the world because it's going to come into play. And then he makes it come into play later. Because we did have when those when the when the trackers came in in the Pure Lake. We were kind of like, what does this have to do with anything? Then all of a sudden, we have our heroes in Shadesmar 
and they're being told, well, the easiest way to get back is to go to the clear lane. Well, yeah, um, yeah, I can see where you're going with that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So on the last, uh, during the last mm. episode, the way that we structured that one kind of by accident, but I think it worked out really well, was talking character by character. Mm. So if, if we're good with all of the really like nitty gritty, nitty gritty stuff, no, I was just going to say there are other characters that we never did talk about that maybe we ought to. Um, I would like to start with Yasna. We didn't really talk much about Yasna. We didn't. We all know that I'm a big, I'm a big what Yasna we fan. Hit? Well, maybe it wasn't in the last episode. I was like, I think we spent a good time talking about her, though she was, until the very end, um, she had a we, voice of pragmatism and everything. We talked a lot about her being the this very pragmatic, but in the end, changing or, or releasing and, and being the... Um, by not killing Renarin. Oh, like, sure. That, that she, we've been set up this whole time to believe that she will do what anything. anything right. And she then, is logic. And then turn. And then she, and she turned and instead of being logically driven, was emotionally driven for that period of time. Well, I, there's something that she said that I'd like to bring up. As, and so this is, again, getting away from the, so what are the ghost bloods type questions? Oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> and into... <laughs> We'll get back there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Give us time. Uh, but I, so I'm going to turn away from my mic here for a second, and so hopefully you can still hear me. Um, Yasna is talking to Dalinar, her uncle, and she says, um, I, I want to give you a warning. They will try, Yasna said, to define you by something you are not. Mm-hmm. Don't let them. I can be a scholar, a woman, a historian, a radiant... People will try to classify me by the thing that makes me an outsider. They, they want, ironically, the thing I don't do or believe to be the prime marker of my identity. I have always rejected that and will continue to do so. This is all the way back in part two, I want to say. Uh, but I was thinking about that a little bit as I was reading through part five. And... Um, um, and, and that moment with Renarin when she doesn't kill Renarin. And it kind of feeds into what we were just talking about. Yeah, we did talk about last time how Yasna is this or that or the other. Like, we all have this idea of, of who Yasna is and what she represents in the story and all this stuff. But Yasna, uh, you know, if I can be excused in talking about her as though she were a real person... She has her own ideas of who she is and who she wants to be. And so with this sort of thing in mind, I don't let anybody else define you. They can talk about you and they can call you whatever they want, but you define yourself. So she gets to this moment with Renarin and everything that we've seen of her, everything that we've heard about Yasna up to this point tells us and tells her to grab a sword and cut that mother nature's head off. Don't even worry about it. It makes sense. It doesn't worry. It don't worry. Just cut his head off. But she doesn't do it because does that make sense? Like she knows that she needs to be something else or that she has this idea of what she wants to be that doesn't necessarily fit with the historical definition of Yasna Kolin or the outside definition of Yasna Kolin, right? And so because she has that self-awareness and she has that idea in her head, she's able to make that different decision. 
So we did talk about that decision last time and kind of talked about the familial love that drives it. Mm -hmm. um, but, I, but I feel like there's something here that is applicable for all of us um, to help us understand you know, how, that how we define ourselves matters and how we reject others' definitions or accept others' definitions as applicable, uh, how that can aid in our decision-making, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I don't know if there's anything else to say well, on I can, that. I can also see her applying that a little bit to Renarin where, yes, he has bonded to a corrupted Spren who may or may not be inherently evil, but that's not her choice to make mm -hmm. for him. Um, She's instead giving him a chance to rise above it or somehow heal the spren or heal himself or whatever needs to happen for him. But I could, I could see her making that choice as well to be like, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. So maybe, maybe I'll give him a chance to fight for the good guys and that'll be enough. Mm -hmm. Just because the spren is corrupted, it doesn't mean that he is a bad guy now. Right. It'd be interested to see. Interesting to kind of see. Um, the strength of pull on the relationship between a knight and their spren mm -hmm. because a corrupted spren is not necessarily an evil spren. I was wondering it's that too. It's altered. I mean, it's been almost as if it's a diseased spren that's yeah. something. Yeah. So it's possible. I mean, I wonder if it's possible that Renarin, not necessarily that he can uncorrupt the spren or anything, but that his force of will and his um, ability to decide this is who I am and his own definition is enough to override the the corrupting the corrupted influence. Board, the corrupting influence yeah. That the thing, the one of the piece with Yasna, I'm coming to personally think that her foil, I don't know if it's the right term or not, but the character that is her um, opposite in this is Venli. Yeah. Because okay. Venli is facing a very similar dilemma. I mean, very similar character-wise in terms of she was a scholar, she was driven to figuring things out, everything. Was Venli the scholar? I thought the sister was the scholar. Venli was the scholar. Eshenai was oh, the warrior. okay. Yeah, okay. Eshenai that, that the, sounds right. gets killed. So All Venli, right. and then Venli becomes the mouthpiece. She becomes a mouthpiece for Odium. But she's conflicted because of what's going on. She doesn't think it's right. She's not really sure if this is the right way to go about things. Well, and she, Venli never wanted to be a slave. Like, that was part of why she was doing all of this studying and trying to... I don't know, not necessarily bring the gods back, but they. I was listening to the um, interludes today, and she has this whole thought process where, you know, we're going to bond with these new spren, and we're no longer going to be put down by the humans, and we're mm -hmm. going to be able to be our own people. But then, she, it, then it turns out that the fuse just make them slaves in a different way That's great. Yeah. and she's very much bound again they're 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 defined and, and controlled by these ancient parshendi spirits that are being uh, re brought back in in the fuse that, yeah that not only enslave them but if they take over their bodies the person who was in that body dies yeah they're basically pushed out mm -hmm. um i think her journey is is interesting because it, it I, I, I say it very loosely parallels Yasna's in terms of if you read, because she's, she's our interlude story. Mm -hmm. There seems to always be like one connecting interlude story um, in each of the three books. Yep. Venley's is the interlude story in this one that when you go to the interludes, you know, okay. We're going to get a glimpse of Venley. Yeah, it was Eshenai in Words of Radiance. Yep. Um, and then it was... Um, 
Zeth, and we also had another connecting one through um, Crescent Moon, Herald, Skybreakers, uh, Nin. 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 Nin's story. Oh, yeah. Um, there. So, but in this one, Venli is constantly talking about the rhythm of the lost or these lost people and the idea of who they were. They can't even sing to the basic rhythms anymore. Mm -hmm. They've lost all this here. And trying to say, that's still a part of it. And because she's able to take this spren, spark, whatever. Timber. Timber, yeah. Um, that allows her to retain that ability to sing to the old rhythms and still connect with what she feels is a part of her and identifies with like, I'm still a listener. I am not a fused, I'm still a listener. And I think that that's, that kind of connects with Yasna's story a little bit and then leads Ventley to become our first listener night radiant, mm -hmm. which is, we've already dealt with this a little bit with Shen in Bridge Four, but it's still going to be an issue that we deal with when she eventually has to show up and tell Dalinar, I'm a Knight Radiant, like I've made this bond, I want to, I want to fight against Odium or whatever, who's been my master for so long. I really hope that it's not, she's not left their position there just to be the backstabber, to be Wormtongue. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Craig's eyes were glazing again, so I threw a Lord of the Rings term to bring him back. <laughs> yeah, it always works. works. It always works. Worm tongue is always his. his that's his. That's his go-to word. That's yeah. my safe word. Just, yeah. Good to know. All right. Good to know. I'm never going to be a situation where I'll need to know that. So, okay. Uh, did we talk about? I'm, oh. Did we talk enough about Renarin last time? Um, I feel like we talked about about him a little bit. Is there anything that you left unsaid? Um, just that I, I appreciate the, um, if there's anything that I left unsaid that I can say without turning it into another cry fest. Oh um, boy. It's a, you can. It's okay. Yeah, can. It's okay. This is a safe to space. To cry. It's a safe-ish <laughs> space. Safe-ish space. Um, all this couch to lean on. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to If you, if you, on. if you stain my couch with tears though, <laughs> you're never coming back. It's good to know. It's good to know. Um, Renarin's, uh, we, we see a little bit of, of Adolin and Renarin's, um, life and journey in the flashbacks that we get with Dalinar. And I think one <coughs> of the things that is, one of the things that is, that for me at least, and maybe for an awful lot of our, uh, a lot, awful lot of folks that are going to read uh, and that listen to what, and, and that listen to what we do may relate as well, is the idea of unmet expectations. Um, Adolin meets expectations. Adolin's the favorite child. Adolin's the one that does everything right. Adolin's the one for whom all of this comes easy. Um, he's following in his father's footsteps and it looks so easy for him. And Renarin can't. It's not that he doesn't. It's not that he chooses not to. It's that there's something about him that he just can't measure up. That level of unmet expectations um, is one of the things that for me um, early on made me want to figure out and see how he was going to fit in. And when, he, when they started putting Renarin into plate and having him jump off the building and figure out how to let plate absorb his fall and all these things. I thought, oh, okay, they're gonna just, you know, make him, they're gonna teach him how to play football too. Um, <laughs> but, but instead, they, um, he has this opportunity 
that not only does he bond a, bond a, a spren and become a knight radiant, it's the wrong kind of spren, which makes everybody wonder about oh, it. Yeah. And then he has to come back and he has to say, I saw that I'm supposed to die. Um, or was it supposed to die or, or I'm going to he, die? He was You're going, going, going to die. To I'm, I'm, I'm going to be killed right here. Yeah. I'm supposed to die. Um, that was how I read it. And when someone is in, when, when someone is in that mindset and they are liberated, it, it, is a, it, it, was a, it was a beautiful moment. But I think it is a moment that leaves a lot undone still. Um, Renarin's, Renarin confesses the idea that he always screws things up. Um, and I can't remember the phrase, I can't remember the spot, but he says, I feel, like I, I feel like I'm always screwing things up. Everybody's always waiting for me to do it wrong. <laughs> As the third of three boys, I can relate. Um, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but but this this opportunity that he's given to be useful, he's he's given an opportunity from from Yasna that he's going to be saved. He's allowed to move on, and now he's in a, he's in waters that are uncharted for him. That he's done something really really right. But from a standpoint of of human psychology, that doesn't just change you immediately mm -hmm. and I think I think there's going to be in, in a similar way that we have with Teft um, uh, and I think part of the reason that I that I have appreciated having Renarin as part of Bridge 4 is that Bridge 4 is made up of these people who are um, fundamentally broken and have to learn to live with the brokenness um, except Lopin but I think Lopin's broken too we just don't know how yeah, there, there's going to be some stuff with the Herdazians and Lopin in particular that we're not done with them, and that no. will be explained. I well, I suspect that the idea of broken is about to be radically expanded once we get to book four I and imagine. five. And I think we're going to see more with Rock too. Rock is the other one that we we touch on briefly that he, mm -hmm. you know, in one of the interludes he finds his family, mm -hmm. and that was. That was a that was a touching moment for me as I was reading through the book. I loved that idea uh, of him being able to be reunited with his family, um, but then for him to have to kill. Uh, Rock has never Rock has never fought. Rock Rock doesn't fight. He protects, but he was well, he never. Well, he thinks that's his role. He was he was never in a position that he killed. Um, even when they were fighting against the Parshendi, if I remember correctly. He protected, mm -hmm. um, but he didn't. He didn't take up arms, and in this one, to protect Kaladin, he killed. Mm -hmm. But then we, we see at the end that glimpse of him just defeated, holding that shard bow that he shouldn't have been able to pull. Yeah. Defeated. I, I'm. I'm. I'm wondering if he gets more in the next interludes, in the next series of interludes. I. I, I don't think he becomes a main character and gets his own book. No. But. Um, but I think that there's something about this that's going to be a theme that is going to that that gives us something to work with, him and with uh, with Teft and hopefully with Renarin that it gets explored much more and that those two get to parallel Renarin's journey and we f we figure out how to fix some of those kinds of things for them. Mm. I'm a I'm a big I, I oops, sorry um, I'm a big uh, sorry about that uh, I'm a big believer in um, in redemption in people being redeemed. And when I say redeemed, 
uh, when I look for when I look for redemption in, in literature, in movies, in, in mythology, it's not always about um, going from being bad to being good. It's from being incomplete to being whole. And I would like to see such a redemption for those three characters. Not for Moash. I'm done with Moash. I'm done. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm fine to stand alone in all of Cosmere fandom in just saying I'm not done with Moash. That's fine. But I will not be joining any subreddits devoted to... F Moash? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so, Ryan, let me pause right there so I can check the time. We are at... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're like at an hour already. Huh. It's at 1.15, and we probably started like 10 minutes into that recording. Yeah, probably. So, Ryan, <laughs> let me Very let me send it to you. Um, any, any other characters or any other things that you feel like we haven't touched on enough that you want to get to? Characters? Or, or anything else. That's fine. I just uh, wanted, to make sure, I wanted to make sure we talked about Yasna. You brought up Rock. That was on my list as well. Um, I, I, we talked about Amaram already in relation to the, the un, unmade, unmade? Unmade. unmade. Um, Do you have more we need to say about Teravantian? Uh, no, I don't care about Ter- I, I know I'm I, supposed to, but I, I have, don't care. Okay. Like, I, and that's not, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just saying like. Um, I asked a question. It wasn't like. I have one, I have one question to pose to each of you about Teravantian. Okay. Teravangian. All right. Um, it, it's, it's a little okay. bit off of one of something Ken said. Oh, then I don't want to talk about why, it. Why is he still alive? Why <laughs> is he still... When he comes clean, that's treason. And Dalinar's like, okay. That's you in... I mean, if we're on military level, like, that's executable offense. Like, I get he's a king, but he admits <laughs> to doing all these things. Right. How... I, Dalinar is learning kingcraft. He is learning statesmanship. He is learning that you that you, you cannot use the you use the tools you have un, until they are no longer useful. And right now, he does not know how useful Teravangian is. He knows that he's useful. He just doesn't know how useful he is, he or how but, or how compromised he is, because he knows he knows yeah. that there was a betrayal. And I'm with you. Cut homeboy's head off yeah. now. However, uh, he doesn't know that that he's like literally in league with Odium. Odium. And he doesn't know that the betrayal was to allow, because he expected the Blackthorn to become Odium's champion. He just thinks that he was leading the same reason everybody else was, because it was a hopeful, hopeless fight. So I don't think, I I don't think that he's, um, I, I think that he's doing this from a standpoint of, if I kill Teravangian, and become and demonstrate myself to be the Blackthorn again. This this alliance that I have been building crumbles immediately. Well, I have to leave it in place long okay. enough to be able to, to put those pieces in place. The alliance already has kind of crumbled, but if he kills Teravangian, like Teravangian didn't tell everyone what was going on. He just told Dalinar. So Dalinar may be justified in getting rid of Teravangian, but all of the other leaders don't know that. And that could just not that we need a court scene, you know, in the book or whatever. <laughs> but I'm saying, I, is this uh, yeah, this is a echo, of wheel echoes of, time, of wheel of time yeah. court scenes. <laughs> oh. But it's 
you could still have done something if you can't behead him, but I feel like Terry Venture was like, wow, I can't believe that was terrible. Bye. <laughs> Out goes Terry Venture. It's like, there more could have been done there. I've, and I that's, bet we see more in the next book. The way Maybe. the way you're talking about this is uh, very very similar to the way that I feel, and I already we mentioned this in the last episode. The way that I feel about Adolin's uh, murder wrap up, His where revolution. I'm like, come yeah. on, yeah, this is a thing, ladies and gentlemen, and they don't treat it like one, you know. So, yeah, yeah. so it's I the, get where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand. I don't understand when when it's been on that large of a level, how you how you don't do something there. But yeah. uh, okay, so we're when the kingdom is burning down. You don't cut off the head of someone that can kill his wife. Maybe, Todd. Are you, I like, don't know if that, I put that a hole has that, the, that has the sound of something Todd is hoping somebody will one day cross stitch onto a pillow. Oh uh, heavens, no! That would as long as unless the pillow is covered in flames, Todd, maybe. <laughs> Todd, Todd, if that person who can carry water is also tossing sparks in other buildings, you cut that head off. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that yet. That's the problem. That's the problem. Is that I think Dalinar's, Dalinar's information is incomplete. That's fine. Is uh, Ryan, it, here's I, a bucket of water. He's blue darting other buildings. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not okay with this. Okay. Okay. Uh, for our international <laughs> listeners, for for our for our international listeners, I'm not going to describe <laughs> that. He's an old man. It's totally. You're not just, alone. I don't get just, it either. Go watch the dream Dumb sequence Dumber. in Dumb and Dumber. Oh, no. <laughs> That'll give you an idea. Okay. That'll give you everything uh, you need. Okay. All right. We, we, need to, we need to think about going because uh, these episodes have all gone very long. Uh, we this, could still do more. <laughs> oh, we absolutely could okay. do more, but, uh, but not and today. And maybe we will in between now and the time that the next book comes out. I, yeah. No doubt. We'll, this is, we have we'll not seen the last time. of the Stormlight Archive. Um, later this year, we do have uh, another Mistborn book coming out. I want to say October, November, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, so we do have more Sanderson coming up this year. It's the last of the Wax and Wax Wayne. Wayne. Oh. Um, so that'll that'll be coming up. N- not to say that we're done with Brandon Sanderson until then. I don't know. We haven't thought much about it. But anyway, still have we need to. But we need to wrap this one up and put Oathbringer to bed. So. Final thoughts today on uh, any, anything else that you guys want to bring up or uh, thoughts on the series as a whole at this point. Anything you want to talk about that has to do with Stormlight Archives or Oathbringer in particular. Um, I'm going to call on whoever's making the least eye contact with me. Megan, you go first. All right. Well, Ken, to answer your question that you have asked in every single in the beginning of every episode, I think that if I were a Night Radiant, I would be an Elf Caller. Because I always pick um, you translocation. Off. You back off. I always pick translocation as my superpower. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm the only one. I'm just saying okay. that's what I right. would like to be. I just don't really feel like we should hang out that much. And I need to be an else Okay. So, uh, what, translocate away anytime you need to. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, Todd? Uh, Ken, thank you for the Bond Smith shirt. Um, I had not thought of that, but I appreciate the gift. Uh, I, I think my biggest my biggest takeaway from this book was that you, that that you should have somebody that you are reading this book with. Mm. 
so that when you come to places that you want to talk about, uh, other than Shadesmar, you have someone that you can talk about. Just ignore <laughs> Shadesmar. Shadesmar, get through it as quick. I was with Kaladin on Shadesmar. Let's get through this thing as fast as possible and get out. I just. Oh. I think everyone's going to eat their words on that. Maybe I'll enjoy it more the second I, time. I shouldn't say eat your words, but you're going to come back and go, I get it. That's, I'm sure I will. That's I'm different. Sure I will. That's, but, but when I get there, I'll do that because right now I'm like. I kind of feel like it's similar to the idea of an Elantris sequel because I guess Brandon will eventually be working on an Elantris sequel. Mm -hmm. People will say, well, you, you can't say that it's a great standalone book anymore because it's not a standalone book. Well, it was still written that way. And I can forever say that Elantris was a standalone book. Sure. Right. Thing that doesn't change. Similarly, or you know, maybe not so similarly, I will always be able to say, well, the first time I read Shadesmar in Oathbringer, I was bored to freaking tears. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, no yeah. matter how cool it gets later, and you know, so on subsequent rereads of Oathbringer, it makes a lot more sense and is more interesting. That's fine, and I hope that that happens. But the first time, I okay, I wasn't bored to tears. That's overstating it. Fine, but you get the idea. Yeah. yeah. And, and but but have somebody that you can read it with yeah. because it's very it, it's very useful uh, to have I, somebody to bounce ideas. I, I feel that way too. I mean, I have you guys like we have our little Facebook chat, and so we're constantly like sending mm -hmm. things. Obviously, we we get together once we can talk about this stuff. But um, as I was reading this book, I kept just begging my wife to read it, mm -hmm. and she won't, you know. But I wish that she would because I need someone right now to talk about this thing with. And this is kind of the, the final thought that I wanted to share. It was only just uh, earlier this weekend when I was uh, getting ready for this episode and I was pulling up some of these old quotes from the book and you know things I wanted to think about. And I, I looked over at my wife and I just said, you know, I understand you're not a big fantasy person. She doesn't really read much fiction at all. And so it would be a stretch to plunk down 3,000 page novels and say, here you go, read these. But I, I said to her, you know, you really ought to think about taking this the way you would a TV show where you kind of, you just know you're going to pop in for a little while, pop out, and it's going to take you a few months to, you know, to watch the whole show. You don't have to binge it. You can just kind of relax your way through it. I said, I, I, I hope that one day you'll agree to do that because there's so much in these three books for almost anybody yeah. Um, there, there's so much to get on a personal level to make you think about the way you see the world and the way you relate to those around you and the way that you understand yourself. Um, these books are just full of that stuff for anybody. Mm. And so I hope that she does it. I will, if she ever does, I will tell everybody. No worries. Uh, I will shout it from the rooftops, after, maybe when she's done, um, and told me how much time she wasted. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But anyway, uh, to your point, Todd, it, if she does, it'll be nice for her to be able to close the book and look at me and go, oh my gosh, that moment when Yasna tries to teach Shalon the lesson in the alleyway, uh, you know, that's, that'll be good. That's a good way to read the book. And yep. I, I wish that I had had that level of reading it with somebody like you were talking about uh, versus like getting on Facebook chat and waiting for all the bubbles to float to the bottom, meaning that you all had seen it, 
and ignore it. And then find out which one of us had actually gotten up to that point already where we could <laughs> right. say, yeah, we've seen that, but we can't talk about it right. yet because everybody isn't there yet. Right. Anyway, uh, yeah, I like that, Tom. Okay, Ryan, what do you want to say? Uh, first, You're closing us out, so make it good. Oh, no, here you go. Um, first thing, aside from Windrunner, which is duh, I mean, everyone knows. Like, <laughs> it's like saying, Ryan, Jedi or Sith? Jedi, come on. <laughs> if I had, if you take that option away from me, though, and make me pick something else, I'm an edge dancer. Their divine attributes are loving and healing, and if I can't protect Aww. and I can't lead, then I want to make sure that they are cared for and they are valued. That was adorable. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. What the hell was that? <laughs> Good thing we'll have that in the sound library to use whenever we. <laughs> yeah. We need to get his phone, and that's going to become a ringtone. <laughs> Good question, Ken. Thank you. Uh, okay. Is that it? No, so that's answering Ken's question okay. there. Um, so I'm at the point with Oathbringer and with the seri uh, with series as a whole that I'm big picturing everything. Like, it's Cosmere now. Like, this is, I'm reading this in the sense of what is this doing to the Cosmere? Yeah. Um, which that elicits a whole bunch of speculative and fun discussions outside of that. Yeah. Um, but inside of this book by itself, Oathbringer, I already I made it very apparent how much this book means to me and how much I love the, this book. But Yeah, but could you tell us again? It was so fun. <laughs> not in the same way, not in the same <laughs> way. Um, this book, Roshar is the fulcrum of events for Cosmere, of major Cosmere things, I believe. It is where the most things are happening and it is where everything is kind of hinging and shifting because it's where Odium is currently active and where we can do the most to affect it here. Um, I think that Oathbringer will be the book that started the boulder rolling downhill on the Cosmere story. Mm. There's a lot still to cover and a lot of things that we haven't pieced there but it will be this defeat of Odium that gives Hoyd an opening or that gives someone else an opening that's going to make the Cosmere roll. And so those of us, and for those who love connecting the Cosmere big picture of this, yeah. buckle up because I feel like a whole bunch of stuff's about to hit the fan because of what just happened. And that's going to be a big deal. Um, also, side note, White Sand 2 just came out. Oh, yeah. right. Um, haven't had a chance to finish reading it yet or, or, or That's not. That's right, but so we do have some more Sanderson stuff. We do have another Sanderson thing that we can do. We didn't really care for White Sand, the first one, because it was a harder one for us to do, but I think we might come oh, back that. that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. Good call. I think we're good then on Oathbringer. Oh, man, it feels weird. It Like, legit, this feels weird. It's like... It, the last Wheel of Time episode, when we closed that out, it was like we had this thing that we were pointed toward, and and like so when we got there, I was already ready for closure. I'm not ready for closure yet no. on Oathbringer, yeah. and so this feels a little bit odd. But we have come to the end of our Oathbringer stuff. So um, anyway, for anybody who has listened along, thank you very much. Um, anybody who's watching along, thank you very very much. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to YouTube, search The Legendarium, and uh, subscribe to The Legendarium Podcast on YouTube as well as everywhere else, um, or instead of. 
if that's your bag, if you prefer to watch. Uh, but anyway, we do appreciate anybody who has uh, liked, commented, and shared those videos um, and continue to do so, please. And also, I neglected to mention at the top of the episode, if you have enjoyed this stuff, uh, I mean, yeah, we talked about Patreon and that's great. Um, I do hope that we get to do that. But review us in iTunes. It'll be a huge help. Um, please go do that. Whether, if you can leave a review, that's great. Um, we're up to like 60 something and I want to get us up to 100 uh, reviews. So if you can do that, that'd be great. Whether you write something down or just give us a star rating, uh, make sure it's five. Uh, but other than that, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any really funny ones come through. So I, I'm not reading any on the air yet. Uh, at least not not recently. So uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to say. Oh, um, speaking of Patreon. So I I know we got to go. This is a long episode. I'll try not to make this take too long. But so we have goals on Patreon when it was like, uh, you know, when we reach $100 an episode, we do a certain thing. 150 was a certain thing. The next goal that I set was $250 uh, per episode. And do you guys know what I promised the listeners if we hit 250 bucks an episode? No. Do you know? Do you remember? Travel. Uh, and I mentioned this because, uh, because gall darn it, we're looking pretty good. I think we're at like 185, 190, somewhere around there per episode. Um, and so if we get to $250 per episode, then I want to take the legendarium on the road a lot more. We can go hit up some, you know, hit up bookstores, conventions, whatever. Um, because I know we have these little pockets of listenership. And so if we do 250 an episode, that's roughly a thousand a month. And that would mean, you know, a few times a year, I'm thinking, you know, maybe two, three times a year, we can go out and do these things, go to Austin, go to New York, San Francisco, go to London. You know, we've got a bunch of UK listeners. Why not go out there and, and mingle with a few of them? So, awesome. um, so this is, it's something that I kind of put it out there as a whim um or on a whim sorry whatever i know words that's fine um i i put it out there thinking oh wouldn't that be fun wouldn't that be something but that was when we were pulling in like 110 an episode yeah. and it didn't matter uh, but now like things are looking very possible there so Anyway, that's... So now when the listenership or when the Patreon numbers drop because they're afraid we might actually show up in their city, we'll know that this episode was to blame. Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, I... If you want to book the Legendarium for a private party, please contact <laughs> Craig at... We're uh, available for ah. American Revolutions, Bar Mitzvahs, and small birthday parties we... for children over the age of 12. Okay, I think he's done. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, patreon.com slash legendarium is where you can go and support the show and make that possible. I hope that you'll do so, and we very, very much appreciate those who already have. Um, I think that's all. So thanks, everybody. Oathbringer is done, and we will do a White Sand episode sometime soon. Uh, we'll be doing Mistborn later this year. We've got other Arcanum Unbounded we can attack yeah. if we want. And but we've so got other we've, things to tackle. We have other stuff to do. So, And we'll see you all for Kingkiller Chronicle starting in April. Uh, that's it. Okay. Have a good one. See you guys.